Welcome back. Welcome back. To Pop Opinions. Pop Opinions. Episode. Oh, uh, I'm going to go 28, 7, 6, <laughs> No, you were right the second time. 27. Episode 27. 27. It's, we're in the 27 club. Yeah. Oh, we don't want to be part of that club. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, No. It's all going down in flames. You were so happy. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Oh, no. no. Not a, I mean, a prestigious club, but not yeah. too uh, not too good of a club. Case, how are you doing? I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. I got a haircut so you can... Thank God, you guys. What? It's... It was. It was out of control. It was fun. You know what? You know what my barber said to me? What he, did he say? He said if I cut it into a mullet, he wouldn't have blamed me. Oh. I should have done it. You should have done it. Now I, I feel like it, it was nice. It feels a lot different though. Yeah. I have a lot less hair. You have a lot of hair, which you have um, gotten from me. I have very thick hair and a lot of it. And you got that from me. So when you don't cut it, same as me, it gets a little out of control. It, yeah. gets, it gets a little, you know. It's like th- about three months. Yeah. So there was like, you know, you looked like, yeah, like that. Oh, you needed it cut. It's a, I guess that's the nicest way you could have put it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to yeah. be, you know to, what? Fair uh, enough. That's, yeah. That's all right. I'm uh, just saying. As soon as I saw you today, I was like, there. That looks nice. You know, not that you didn't look nice before. You just look. That's what it sounds like to me. Uh, we got <laughs> our top 100 movie challenge. Only one movie this week. WandaVision. Uh, a new segment called The Signatures. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk a little bit about the Golden Globes yes. happening this weekend. This Sunday. Uh, do you want to start with our movie challenge? Yes. All right. Our movie challenge this week in Glorious Bastards, 2009 Quentin Tarantino. I couldn't really think of a way to describe, like to like a one sentence way to describe this movie. Uh, no. And I'm going to say I, okay. So, you know, my love for Quentin Tarantino. I love him. I love all his movies. Wow. This is going to come with a, oh, I thought it was going to come with a bug. I forgot how much I loved this movie. I forgot so many scenes. For me, the only scene I remembered when I thought of Inglorious Bastards is the bar scene in the basement in the bar, Mm -hmm. which is a fabulous scene. Right. But I forgot about the opening scene. Like when he's, when Christoph Waltz, he could he be any better? Uh, I don't I don't think he could be any I don't think he could be any better at that. Do we want to start that before we get into the actual movie? Because he okay, sorry, if cool. we, I know I got excited there. No, no, no. I I think it's a good thing to talk about. I, I never in my sports mind I always like to say like who who wins this movie is always how I oh, think of it. Yeah. And to me, I come out of it thinking who not necessarily wins. Who was the most memorable part of that movie? It's Christoph Waltz. Like hands down. He, the way he um like his character is so fascinating and he's so calm and sure of himself and he, so he is a like a jew hunter that, right? that is his nickname the jew hunter yeah and he's so good at it and he like almost like fucks with their minds of the people the, the one i think of in particular so we could talk about the opening scene right just the aftermath of it yes is that this French family is hiding uh, a Jewish family and the Jew hunter comes and finds them. And in a very intense scene, because as it goes on, you can realize, oh, this guy is hiding this family here and he's slowly going to figure it out. Uh, he he sends his men in to shoot the floor to uh, because the family's inside the floorboards. One girl survives and instead of killing her, he just kind of lets her run away. Yep. 
And when they meet again, which is later on in the movie, he they're at uh, lunch, luncheon, mm-hmm. sort yeah. of, and he orders milk, yes. which she was sitting there and he had milk at the opening scene. It was, it was like a whole thing about milk, milk because they live on a farm and it was like, oh, can I have some milk? And they, they talked with the milk quite a bit. And then they sit down and he was like, oh, you got to have whatever the pie uh, strudel, was, strudel yeah. and whatever. And he's like, you know what? I really love a glass of milk. And her, she's really good in that scene because she keeps herself together and she looks very confident. But the minute he leaves, she breaks she down. Breaks down. And I thought it was so good because that is the way you would be. It's like a survival. Like I'm gonna hold my own. But the minute you release it, like she was so good at it. Uh, yeah. When I was thinking about how to describe this movie, yeah, it's, I don't, I don't know how you describe it. Go for it. Uh, the Inglorious Bastards are an Amer- a Jewish American group that are attempting to ha- hunt down Nazis. Yes. Yeah. Brad Pitt's uh, Aldo. So- Isn't Aldo oh, something like that? Sure. Aldo the Apache, I'm pretty sure, was yeah. like his nickname. Um, I remember BJ Novak being in it more. I mean, he's from more of office fame, but uh, Eli Roth, who's become more of a director now, is. Um, Oh, what was his nickname? Uh, the Bear Jew. Yes. And his gimmick is beating Nazis. That's mm-hmm. the only way I want to say it. Because okay. Well, it's, that's the way they say it in the movie. And so. it's, it's really fun. Um, he beats Nazis with a baseball bat. Yes. And in typical, I think we could say just in the overall sense of this movie, it is so Quentin Tarantino because it is so over the top, gory. Gory, graphic. Gra- yeah. Just as soon as, I, as soon as he's like, he calls like, Come here, bear Jew, to because he's they're sitting down with like a Nazi general. Yeah, and you can hear the bat kind of hitting around the walls, and you're like, oh, this is yeah, this is we know where this is going. Yes, and uh, so this American group is trying to hunt down the Jew hunter while he's also trying to hunt down them. And like, yeah, it's kind of a cat mouse sort of, but they're also both the cat and the mouse. Yeah, you so- don't really know who's who's. Who has who's the upper in, who's hand? Who's in the lead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's yeah for sure? Um, I loved this storytelling format of doing it in chapters. It, it breaks up the movie pretty nicely, yeah. and it's just it's it, kind of having like a few short stories, but they all intersect. Yeah, once you get to the f- yeah, yeah. final, yes, yes. But it's like these little snippets of these stories, and then it all kind of weaves together. Mm. They do they do a really good job of that. Again, we talked about the first twenty minutes, the first chapter is just oh my god the like it's slow but it he he is so quentin tarantino is so good at the the pace but you're still intrigued you're not bored no you're not bored because you're on the edge of your seat because he has this way of building that intensity of oh you know something's going down right like you you know that this isn't just a, a friendly visit I mean, at first you maybe think it is, right? Yeah. And then ta- the tavern scene's the same way. I'm pretty sure it's oh. like 25, 30 minutes. But yes. there's no point where you're bored, especially because it's, oh, the Germans are in here. Oh, there's some British with Michael Fassbender. And there's this German possibly spy. Like you just, there's a lot of unpredictable and suspense. Yes. Yes, for sure. And it all goes to hell the minute he sticks up his fingers. Which is, it was such a small thing, but it's it's what they picked up on. Yeah, I know. So good. And that's um, Diane Kruger. Is that what her name is? Diane Kruger? Mm-hmm. Okay. For some reason, it sounded funny. But yeah, she's so good in that scene because she's trying, like she's working, she's helping the Nazis 
hunters. Yeah, she's uh, she's a German actress that's a spy for the other side. Yes, so she's trying to help, but she knows things are starting to go sideways. She can feel it, but she has a way of just like being lighthearted and like bringing it all back and stuff. And she's the only woman besides, sorry, there is a waitress in the scene, but she is the only woman in the scene. And that's I think she's making just, an, more making an impact. Yeah, and I think she does an excellent job at like holding her own kind of thing. So yeah, it's oh my goodness. What a movie. Yeah. What and, a ride. Yeah. And uh, the actor who I can't remember his name right now. He plays uh, Zoller, who is the German war hero. Right. He's also Zemo in uh, um, the Civil War. Um, we Captain just, America Civil Captain War. Amer- yeah. Um, he's really good in it. And his relationship with Shoshana, who is the uh, Jewish girl that escaped. And she builds up to this whole plan of how... She owns a theater. Yeah. She owns a theater. And this is a, like an alternate story of how the war could have ended. Mm-hmm. And it's a very Quentin Tarantino and for America style of movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I love to say the set pieces of like Nazi propaganda are so well done. It feels very real. Mm-hmm. And for once, I guess, a portrayal of Hitler isn't like super over the top or funny. And he's not really in it a lot. Like, he's kind of a side, like, character. Like, he's not really... It's not about him. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two... two um, I called it film nerd corner. Okay. So, the one is... Uh, not. It's not, like, the first thing. But when they capture the, like, Nazi troop. Like, the first time you see the Inglorious Bastards. And they kind of introduce, like, uh, the German who uh, killed a bunch of... Uh, SS officers Mm -hmm. so they have uh, the German soldier the only one that was alive at that point then they have the translator and then Brad Pitt okay and Brad Pitt asks a question it pans and it all is done in one shot where it goes Brad Pitt asks a question translator German back and forth and they it's only like a couple questions but they just go back and forth and it's just so so well well done. done yeah Uh, my other one is in the theater before they go in and uh, the plan is a little more further where Brad Pitt is Italian. <laughs> He's so bad. And, and that's the thing. You think of this like cool and oh, this uh, officer is going to be amazing at speaking Italian because he's... Well, he said, I'm the best one. Yeah. And then second was uh, Eli Roth. Like, yeah. And he can speak it second best. And this guy can speak it third best. I can't speak it at all. Speak it at all. That's Unless why you're third. third. <laughs> And just, yeah, his, they, and Christoph Waltz then can speak Italian fluently. Yes. And then he tries to have a conversation with them. He's just, grazie. See. Si. See. Si. <laughs> Bongiorno. Yeah. Like just the so most American accent. Bad. And yeah, this, uh, my other film nerd corner was um, when Hans and uh, Van Hammershark, like uh, Diane Kruger are talking. Mm-hmm. And the camera camera is just like spinning around, around them in the conversation, yes. and it like catches the point perfectly where it goes behind the other person as the other person's talking. So right. it's just like the flow of the conversation. Yeah, I wonder how he did that. I wonder if he set up like a train, like a, you know how they put it on a track. Yeah, and they have it going around. Like I wonder if that's like they they must have to practice that because like to get the timing in the right. Mm-hmm. It, it's so with, fascinating with the track and the actors. It's okay. Are you going to jail? Yeah. Yeah. You get we get a lot of phone calls about going to jail. It sucks. I'll visit you. We can do the podcast through the Perfect. I'll bring a microphone and put it up to the ear thing. (laughs) Okay, perfect. (laughs) 
do you have anything else for this? No, no. I think it's a great movie. I think everybody should see it. I think it's so enjoyable. And I think it's like definitely one of his better. Like, I mean, I love him, but it's definitely up there for. Now I'm curious. Remember how we put it in order? Quentin Tarantino movies, mm, didn't we? If it would move up, or, I think it would have to move up. Yeah, because the only scene I remembered was the bar scene. Like, I was like, how did I forget this entire movie? Like, yeah. it was almost like watching it for the first time. Like, like, yeah, it's so funny. Yeah. And I mean, even just the way they end it, and it's always a Tarantino thing where you end yeah. on kind of not even a bang. The bang kind of happens, and then he just goes, It's my masterpiece. Right. And then it ends. And it's just, <laughs> yeah. it was so like that's it like that's how they ended and it, not that it's a bad thing it was just a funny way to end such a like building intensity climactic movie with just it's my masterpiece yeah, yeah. So I, good. Uh, for sure though christoph waltz his, oh. the villain he plays is unbelievable yeah one he's, of the best characters i've ever seen yeah for sure i 100 percent agree i think he's such a good actor and the way he commands your attention however he does it he's like magic on the screen to me and it's someone who this isn't his only Quentin Tarantino movie. No, no. He he has a knack for playing villains, and it's just he's really good at it. He is good. Yes. All right. Before we get into Wandavision, I I'm gonna surprise you with a topic. Oh my goodness! All right. So have you seen the Spider-Man Three news? I have not. Okay. So uh, this started yesterday, where uh, Zendaya, mm-hmm. uh, Tom Holland, and Jacob uh alone who plays ned okay we're all revealing set pictures okay. and they all had a title so the first oh wait no that's not the uh so the first one's from tom holland i'm just showing you it's an audio platform so i'll just it's ned uh peter and mj all together okay and then uh his instagram patch caption is so excited to announce the new title of the spider-man movie can't wait uh can't wait for you lot to see what we've been up to okay and it's called spider-man phone home oh et phone home <laughs> and then zendaya then posts i don't know what the exact order is zendaya posts another photo from the set okay her title mm-hmm. spider-man home slice oh and then jacob Battalone. i actually think he might have been for or maybe second but another picture from the set yeah spider-man home wrecker Oh my goodness. So what are they like asking for people's like of what they want the movie called? Uh, so they ended up actually, I'm going to try to play this video for you. So they did it all yesterday and they're all commenting on each other. Like what, like, why is yours different? Why is mine this? Right. So then, uh, th- oh, my headphones were dying. I was so confused. Um, actually, I'm just going to switch headphones really quickly. Okay. Should we pause? Or? No, you could just, just talk amongst yourself no talk about (laughs) what you're thinking right now just um i don't i don't know like i'm thinking they haven't decided on the title and they're throwing it out there to see what other people think or i'm not sure i switch headphones um play the i'll play the uh like is that long no it's like 30 seconds okay so this is from today from the official spider-man account Alright, so? Gave us a fake name again. Again? Not sure. Dang. Yeah. I just don't understand why he keeps doing this. You don't understand? Really? I feel like it's pretty obvious yeah. you spoil things. I don't you spoil think. things. Thing name me one thing that I've actually spoiled. The last movie title. 
So, over the last couple of days, this has been Spider-Man's uh, ploy to tease what's been going on with the movie. So, director John Watts, uh, obviously this is this is a joke. The video starts with them, with Tom Holland coming out of his office, and he gave them all fake names okay. of what the movie's going to be called. So, they talk about, why, why would that be? Tom Holland, almost up there with Mark Ruffalo of spoiling things, <laughs> okay. especially in the Marvel world. Yes. Uh in that video, they walk away and they have the Spider-Man theme playing in which the actual title... I actually don't remember what it is now. Um, uh, it was just such a good joke and a good right. marketing ploy because Tom Holland has it's, done this so many times that... That's his what he's known for is kind of ruining it or, or spoiling it, right? Yeah, that we've just kind of gotten this like really funny joke out of it. So the movie now okay. actually is called Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, uh-oh. Well, I mean, think about how the last movie ended, that his identity was revealed and yeah. he's going to have to go on the run now. He's going to have to go live in the Avengers place. Uh, which actually might not, it might be up for sale because Tony was the one that was paying for that. <gasps> Tony. And uh, Spider-Man No Way Home comes out Christmas this year. Ooh, fun. I like it. So it adds to the ridiculous Marvel year that we're already having and going to continue to have. As they should be. Entertain us. No, nothing in 2020. Everything in 2021. <laughs> right. So let's talk about WandaVision episode seven. This was... So it was seven, right? Yeah, I think... Yeah, because we have two left. Yeah. So this episode was more about the reveal of a possible villain, possibly main villain. Yeah. I think a lot of people think that this isn't necessarily the number one villain that we should be worried about. Right. Yeah. I feel like we can, we can say who... The villain is yeah okay but just spoiler then if spoiler you, alert if you have not watched wandavision, WandaVision or you or you're going to this is your warning yeah it, it'll be i don't know warning 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 spoiler warning spoiler warning stop stop <laughs> agnes mm-hmm. who played by katherine hahn has been doing an amazing Holy job crap she's amazing and she's revealed as the villain or presumed villain agatha harkness who I don't know if I've said it on here, but I've definitely told you. Yeah, that you've definitely said stuff to me that she, right? That she's a Win. known known witch from the Marvel comics. Okay. So now she's the villain, and there's a lot of different ways that people think she isn't necessarily the main villain. The number one thing I saw, which I didn't notice when we watched Doctor Strange, but there was a book missing at the end of that movie. Oh, okay. And that book is presumably maybe some kind of dark magic, which is in the basement of Agatha. Right. And also, I just have to say, the song is so good. Oh, yeah. It's, it's been, been Agatha, Agatha all, all along. along. <laughs> it's just, it was such a good way it to so good. reveal a villain like that. The show is really gone up so many levels oh my god each week it gets better and better to me like it just more enjoyable so this week they did a modern family was their theme and it was so she just did such a good job like it was even if you haven't seen modern family like it was it was just funny how because they always sit on a couch and talk to the the camera and so she was doing that and it was good it was really really good and now we have to look forward to our two episodes left. The only other thing people are saying is that there might be a 10th episode. Yeah. Just because on on the calendar in WandaVision that they have in the Modern Family episode, uh, March 12th, which is the, fri- like the Friday in between WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Also my girlfriend's birthday. I feel like I should say that. Right. <laughs> the more, more important part. Um, right. 
it was marked off with a heart. So a lot of people are thinking maybe it could be one more episode. People are so fascinating with this world of just what they pick up on. Because I got to say, I don't pick up on anything. I just take it at face value. And then you'll tell me things. And I'm like, wow, that is like. That's also uh, just impressive. I know you don't like subtitles, but people that watched it with subtitles saw uh, when she's by herself in the episode and uh, she's getting like her cereal. You know how there's like a radio playing in the background? Right. The radio station was called like WNDA. So pretty much Wanda. Right. So it seems like someone's trying to communicate with her. Excuse me. Uh Again, you could go maybe Doctor Strange. There's there's a few options of who, right. especially because Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen have been talking about. There's somebody coming. This huge reveal. Yeah. And if it's a villain, I feel like it's kind of hard at this point of the show because it's so late that they're just going to kind of throw in this this villain with a known actor. Yeah. I feel like it has to be maybe not someone we've seen, but at least a character we already know in some capacity. Right, right. I just, I don't know how they're going to wrap this up in two episodes. Like, I'm fascinated by this oh, this whole thing. There's like, something that tells me because it ties into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness that we might not get the perfect resolution. Oh, yeah. I don't need perfect, but I just... It might be a bit of a cliffhanger is what I'm... Especially think about how all the episodes have gone and how close we've gotten to reveals. Yes. I think this is also the episode that we realize Monica Rambeau has superpowers yeah that was exciting but did we know it did she get it because she went through the fields or because she already had it i I think it's a bit of both i think it it was somewhere in there but i think wanda shooting her out of the hex okay is kind of what seemed to have started it yeah because even darcy tells her that your cells have been rewritten on a molecular molecular level multiple times a cat dunnings yeah oh my god especially that Especially the little like side, yeah. like B story of this episode yeah. with her and Vision, like trying to get back to the house and, and just kidding, stoplight and then yeah. construction and then it's a group of kids walking by. It's yeah. just there's a lot of uh, outer powers, especially now when they go back and show us the Agatha all along song, all the stuff she was really doing. Wanda really doesn't have control. Yeah, no, she doesn't. She thinks she does though, or hope she does yeah hope poor girl it's all right we got we got two episodes and even the week in between there's a few marvel like documentaries even disney plus added star yeah and that has a lot of stuff on it i know i gotta look at it disney plus is really they're amping it up they amping it up and i feel like like this is almost like i don't need any other i just need disney no but that's not true i take that back (laughs) <laughs> I, don't th- I don't think anyone was going to take it away from you. I know, but I'm like, I do watch like Netflix and but Amazon. They've amped them. They've amped it up a level, even though they have all of their own like original, not even original stuff, but all the stuff Disney's bought. Yeah. And the fact that they even feel the need to go up a level, it's it's oh, pretty they're smart. Yeah. It's, it's why they it's make good, good. billions of dollars. Why they make the big bucks. All right, uh, so our new segment, The Signatures. Yes, I'm excited about it. We're going to start. So this week we're going to do, we picked 10 directors yes. in no particular order. No, no, we are just spitballing names. Because we can totally, there's directors we missed that we can yeah, definitely go yeah, back yeah. and pick again. Yeah, but we sure. wanted to pick what we think is their signature movie. So I doubt we agree on all of these. 
right? Which will be fun. Mm -hmm. It'll be an interesting discussion. So might turn into debates. No, (laughs) I was going to say arguments, but it is just a debate. It's a a podcast. Yes. Uh, Where do you want to start? Who do you want to start with? I have Danny Boyle to start, but I'm easy. No, you can take the lead. All right. So Danny Boyle. And um, so when I was looking him up, we're just, I'm going to name a few just so people know, just so people know who he is. So the beach, Slumdog Millionaire, Train Spot, Train Spotting. Wow, sorry. which we, was our top movie one hundred movie challenge last week. Uh, one hundred twenty seven hours yesterday. So those are like some of his bigger movies. Yesterday was the one where he the Beatles, Beatles don't exist. Yeah, it was a really cool concept that I feel like it fell flat at some points, but it was a really good concept. Great concept, like original. It was it was great, but yeah, you're right. It wasn't my favorite movie but you know what I found interesting with doing this um is I had to really think about not necessarily what's my favorite movie but where they did such a good job you know and so Danny Boyle I did struggle I do have two so I'm interested to see what you say and then maybe I'll be able to pick well I was gonna say I was gonna guess what yours is because I wrote I wrote down what I picked and then the two others not necessarily that you would pick but but I think other people would know him for okay for everyone so tell me what you think I would pick oh I think you'd pick Slumdog Millionaire yeah yeah I I just think but for me it's like one of my favorite movies so I'm like am I being am I thinking about it from like uh like the way he filmed it you know but I it is it's so good even the like the story of it is really well done yeah it's so beautiful i love it uh i picked 127 hours so those are my two that it's highlighted you can even see it if you i want. i believe you don't okay. worry okay um i just think the way that movie's done especially when you get a true story like that and and the, the way he um film like it's just really james franco so yeah. to keep me entertained for an entire movie of him with his arm stuck in a rock you got to be doing something right because it's really well done mm-hmm. the way the angles are ch- like it's just if you had one continuous shot and that you'd get bored and obviously the concept of it of him just being stuck there isn't as exciting as other movies but the way they keep moving stuff around they keep you interested yes and yeah. the amount of and this is the reason why i picked it over because i had slum dog and train spotting yeah train spotting more for me was just a movie that just in concept did, didn't appeal to me but i still really enjoyed yes, it that yes. was my reasoning for that one right um you've seen Slumdog millionaire yeah, right? yeah okay i was gonna say whew. um for 127 hours the amount of, i was trying to think about where i was going um the amount of people have like remade it in their own like type of shows oh like modern what? family has done that the simpsons yes. did it family like all of all different types and it's more tv shows that can make jokes like that yeah have redone the concept yes yes so i thought i slum dog i get because of and, the- and 127 hours i get because i did highlight both of them i couldn't decide there's only one other director i did that with otherwise i was firm in my decision but there was one other that i was like no i'm not picking <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um i have quentin tarantino next this is because I, I don't know how you do it i don't know especially like, in his catalog of a movie we just watched and i included it i, I didn't pick it but it's definitely in yeah. the running so you have pulp fiction and glorious bastards kill bill django unchained once upon a time in hollywood like he's got i don't know like they're all great i don't know how you pick i mean i'm gonna say i think you're gonna pick pulp fiction 
You would be right. Yes, because that is his signature movie. The way it's funny, a ridiculous it's amount of gore. It's like, right? Like everybody, when you're, when we even did that 90s um, list, like everybody was like, Pulp Fiction was in most people's top four. So I just like, as far as signature, yes. Um, I had Django Unchained for like, I had a hard time between those two. For sure. Django, I would say Pulp Fiction might be my favorite. Django is is right there, especially in the second time you get Christoph Waltz. Yes. Does a completely different character, but yes. still gives you the same kind of, not even, I don't want to say vibe, but gives the same something performance does man he's magic like you really i gotta think of a new word for him like i have to think of a word that only describes like i can only use for him because i do use the word magic a lot and he's above this magic it's above magic above magic yeah uh i have Catherine bigelow next uh this one for me, there was three movies that really stood out for me. Do you have the rest of her, like so the rest I of the background? So I have The Hurt Locker, Zero Dark Thirty, Point Break, and K-19 Widowmaker. She has done more, but I figured those were like kind of the ones most people have probably seen. I was going to say the first three were the hardest ones for me to pick between. Yeah. I think because like Point Break, um, it, it, like you're thinking like surfing scenes, like to direct a surfing would be really challenging and she does a really good job in it. And Zero Dark Thirty is such an important story and she's she's an excellent storyteller of how it all comes together. So that means you're picking the Hurt Locker. I am picking the Hurt Locker, but I'm going to say I think Zero Dark Thirty is a better movie in as a whole but I think the Hurt Locker when I think of that movie and Jeremy Renner's like walking in that the way she captures it and like there's one scene where there's like a something blows up and instead of showing the the explosion she shows like like it's like a, a bullet or it's something like far away from it like vibrating on the ground like I think she's got such interesting shots in that movie, but I do Zero Dark Thirty is a movie I really enjoyed, and I, I it's like a movie I could watch a, like again and again, kind of thing. But I think for the sake of this, I would say The Hurt Locker is better done, better, better, better directed, better ingredients, better pizza. Uh, I pick Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah, yeah. Just again, when you get the real life kind of yes, story yeah. and you bring the human aspect to these people. Obviously not the real people, but again, yeah. you get Chris Pratt, you get Jessica Chastain, you get so good in it. such good performances. And I, I just, I don't know if I did it for a lot of these. I actually think that Zero Dark 30 and 127 Hours are the only two that I did it for that if you make a real, a true story that compelling, yes, that it's worth it. Right. Except for Titanic. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, that's just like, it sinks. Yeah. <laughs> Guess what, guys? It sinks. Uh, I have Martin Scorsese. Okay, so we've got, in case you are living under a rock and you don't know what he's done, he has done Goodfellas, The Departed, Wolf on Wall Street, Aviator, Gangs of New York, and a billion others. I was going to say, it's either a mob, not either, but if it's a mob movie or Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, yeah. Probably Martin Scorsese. Exactly. Again, yeah, except, for, Irishman too, except so. for Titanic. Except for, yeah. 
That's so mean. I'm sorry, Titanic. I know, I know. It's so mean. I know. It was beautifully done. It just wasn't for us. That's all. Yeah, that's fair. Um, if This was a tough one because, as we know from a few weeks ago, Goodfellas was my all-time favorite movie out of the bracket. I do think The Departed is a better movie, but I think for signature, I'm going to have to go Goodfellas for me. And I, I had a feeling you would pick that. Yeah. That's why I put it in the two that i didn't pick was goodfellas and wolf of wall street again when i go to i wonder if wolf of wall street's on this list i know it'd be so fun if it was i love that movie just the way my the part i think of is not the crazy drug scene or whatever i think of jordan belford obviously leonardo dicaprio doing his speech about all the drugs he does and they have the camera on a track and i've seen the behind the scenes which is really cool and it's one shot of him walking towards his car and to me it's my favorite part of the movie wow just how well shot it is yeah and just the him continuously starting from upstairs walking all the way to his car and he's just talking about all the drugs he does right yeah i know it's so good i know i it's it's a tough he, he was a tough one, right? I had to really think about it because I do think Departed was, it's a, such a great movie and he won an Oscar for it and whatnot. But for me, Signature, it has to be Goodfellas. Which is also why I went with The Departed. <laughs> the cra- the crazy, just even if you break it down to the craziness of the last 30 minutes of that movie, yeah. it's so intense and shocking. Yes. And, I wonder if that's on there. Oh, Departed. it's got to be. Okay. Well, we'll oh, I actually see it. Yeah? Yeah. Number 60. Let me no. I was gonna say, <laughs> oh, and good, good, good fellas is fifty nine. Oh my goodness, that's awesome! Uh, I have Sofia Coppola next. I, I I don't even want this to be a hot take. I think she might be a better director than her dad. Her dad. Yeah, just the she doesn't have as the amount of credits, but I just think her movies are so well done. Yeah, so she's Lost in Translation, Virgin Suicides, Mary Antoinette. On the Rocks, the new movie that just came out this year, right? Uh, I think it was last year. Was that last year? Wow. With uh, with who's in it? With Bill Murray? <laughs> Don't Rashida Jones. There you go. I know. I always put a D in there. It's okay. Everyone will get used to the fact that I can't pronounce. But it's I also, make up my own names. But again, it's not even that you put a D there. It's you just. I mix it all up. I'm telling you, I'm dyslexic. R- I swear. I swear to God, I have a bit of dyslexia. I, I do it all the time. I know. Um. So. For me, Signature has to be Lost in Translation. It's in my top 10 of like my all-time favorite movies. The first one we agree on. I I just, as good as on, actually I didn't see On the Rocks, as good as like even Mary, uh, Marie Antoinette. Yeah. A movie, again, that doesn't appeal to me, kind of kept me interested when I watched it. She is, um, I love anything she does. She is, uh, the way she has, so she's more about building characters, right? She's more about it's not like these grand stories and stuff. It's more, it's very character driven and Bill Murray and her have magic together. Magic. See, I got to think of a different word. They have this chemistry and this knowledge of one another that there's so much comfort in, and they just, you can, you can feel it on the screen, but lost in translation. If I made, if you absolutely, I had to pick my top 10 favorite movies, it would for sure be in my list. So that is a that's her signature movie. That's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And launching someone like Scarlett Johansson, yeah, into oh superstardom, so good in it too. And Super- Bill Murray, and the end when you don't know what they say to each other. There's was, all these. It was lost in translation. I know, it was so good. Uh, Wes Anderson, 
Number six. 100% no, we're going to disagree because I have an affinity to a movie that... I know you do. I know which one you picked. Really? Okay, let's let's go okay, through so, his credits. So I Rush- also know what you picked. Rushmore, Royal Tenenbaums, Moonrise Kingdom, and the Grand Budapest Hotel are just a few. He has the Isle of the Dogs. Like, he's got a lot. I just kind of picked a few just to give people a kind of a, this is who he is. Mm -hmm. So anything quirky and weird is Wes Anderson, which is right up my alley. And you can pick a few actors. Jason Schwartzman. Yes. You can see a Wilson brother. Yep. Owen or Luke. Bill Murray. Yep. You just, it's, and it's not a bad thing, but He likes Ray Fiennes too. Yeah. He does. He likes him. You definitely picked Grand Budapest. I didn't. Wow. I picked Moonrise Kingdom. Mm -hmm. That was the other one I was thinking, but. I did have that one as my like, oh, I really had to think about it because I think Graham, um, the Grand Budapest Hotel is like visually it's like I like how, you know, like um, it's very appealing. But Moonrise, I like that that yellowy tone he did, like how it all looks like kind of. Yeah, like that. It's just a different color. I like the way he does that. He does like he sets this like tone of the the how visually how it looks it's very cool mm-hmm. i love him what did i pick i'm gonna say rushmore yeah just yeah. again you get young jason schwartzman uh trying to run his play which i feel like is a trope in a lot of his movies but uh yeah it was not the first wes anderson movie i watched but it's definitely my favorite would you put that in your top 10 do you think uh oh my god we should do that that's so that's gonna be so hard i'd have to do like top 20 no, that's boring Top for 20, people to listen 25. To. My 22nd movie about the, no. <laughs> um It would be up there. It would definitely be in consideration. Moonrise would be in consideration for mine. I think it's so well done. Uh, we got a heavy hitter here, Steven Spielberg. So we have E.T., obviously, Indiana Jones, Hook, Schindler's List, Saving Private Ryan, Warhouse, War Horse, sorry, and Ready Player One. And the reason I said a kind of more for him is I wanted people to know like such a range. Like he can do like Indiana Jones. So you have like action, whatever. E.T. You've got like the alien, but he's got like the heart. Uh, Schindler's List, obviously. Uh, I loved the movie War Horse. I thought it was so beautifully done. And Ready Player One is kind of that more like video gamey. So he's he's got such a range. Whereas like someone like Wes Anderson, who I love, has got definitely a niche. Like he's like a you want quirky and weird this is that's where you're gonna get from him but i find steven spielberg has got like a wide range mm-hmm. i'm gonna say you picked schindler's list no i do love that movie but mm-hmm. when i wrote down my three schindler's list wasn't one of them because of the range i wanted to include et and saving private ryan as my other two right i picked jaws oh wow get, yes. an, get an iconic song you get uh richard dreyfus uh trying to fight a shark yeah it's this, the I, song alone to me it just will always hold a uh presence because of how just ominous and yeah. how it and builds this like, tension done like it's two things yeah like, right like like two, chords that's crazy that he can just do that right? and you speed it up and it's terrifying terrifying you know what now so i did saving private ryan but i'm thinking I'm thinking if I was going to do signature, it really should be E.T. But uh, Saving Private Ryan to me was just, oh, my God, it was so well done. And it was so painfully awful. And but like it was. But if I'm thinking signature movie, it has it has to be E.T. for me. And the way it holds up is 
just even if the cgi the technology isn't the same as it is now just the story holds up yeah and, and you get young drew little drew barrymore and flying flying with the bike it's yeah. just such an iconic picture yes it's definitely if you have a uh, movie theater room mm -hmm. and you have posters to put up i would definitely put et in there for sure for sure it is pretty iconic and it's and it has that you know it also has that heart of like you know we take care of like don't don't let them just get you know um you know when they take him and they're trying to do all the tests on him and stuff like that mm -hmm. and you know it's like no no just we have to be nice and let him go he wants to go home et phone home uh i have steven soderbergh yeah there's it's it's not as a many as i would think with such a name like him but what are some of his okay so out of sight have you seen that movie by the way yeah george clooney it's it's jennifer lopez i love this movie i think it might be my favorite george clooney actually that's a okay. lot because uh aaron brockovich all the ocean movies contagion Log logan lucky which we had talked about a few weeks or couple months ago now and side effects have you seen side effects no i think you should watch that movie yeah because when i looked it up i was like oh yeah and then i watched the trailer just to remind me and i was like oh that's a good movie i forgot i forgot about that movie and mm -hmm. it is really well done so this is the remember i said i didn't pick that he was he was one i didn't pick okay so the Three, the two I wrote down that I, I couldn't quite pick were Out of Sight and Contagion. Okay. Contagion just kind of got a bigger meaning over the last year. <laughs> yes. My ultimate signature movie is Ocean's Eleven. Okay. I, I'm going to agree with you there because I think it, um, I think it's just, it's, I mean, it's, I don't want to say iconic, but it, like the heavy hitters of, of the actors that are in it and actresses and just the way it all comes together. I never saw the original though, so I don't know. With like, what? Ocean's Eleven. Like the original with like, isn't Frank Sinatra and stuff? Oh, oh, I think I meant like original like Brad Pitt and oh, stuff. Oh no, no, I know. Wait, no. that's obviously is that Brad. Yeah, it's like Brad Pitt, George Clooney, and it, uh, Casey, isn't Casey Affleck? Casey Affleck has like the John smallest Cheadle. role. Yeah. Like I mean, it's so stacked. This cat. There's more. I just can't. I can't think of everybody. I have Julie Roberts is maybe not in that one but i know she's in one of them okay. 12 is she in that one? Oh, i'll look it up anyways yeah no i i do love it brad pitt's always eating in it <laughs> wait what was your other that you couldn't pick i don't know i really liked out of sight but i'm like i don't think that's his signature movie though but so i was confused and i love aaron brockovich obviously because julia roberts rocks and it's so well done um so I, th I think you have to go with Ocean's Eleven. Like, I think you have to because it's like if, if you asked people on the street, what's his signature movie? I think everyone would pick Ocean's. Yeah. I mean, the sequels aren't as good, but just this one holds enough. I, yeah. I don't think Don Feudal's in it. but Oh, sorry. Uh, it's okay. I'll go to George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Matt Damon, uh, Julia Roberts, Andy Garcia plays the uh, yeah, yeah. Benedict. Yes. It's actually his last name. Uh, Bernie Mac, I think, is who you're thinking of. Oh, I really think I'm... Uh, Casey Affleck, Elliot Gold okay. uh, from Friends, Carl Reiner, uh, Scott Kahn. Oh, yeah. He's so good on it. Uh, Joshua Jackson's in it. Maybe I'm looking down the list. I do not... See Don Cheadle, eh? Wow, I really can visualize him. That's weird. 
Actually, I'll just look up Don Cheadle and see if maybe he's in one of the other ones. Maybe. That's weird, though. He's such a good actor. Ocean's 12. Thank you. I knew I wasn't going crazy. <laughs> I was like, swear, you guys. Like, I'm, I'm swear he's been in one of these movies. He was so good in um, uh, Hotel Rwanda. Holy crap. Sorry. Sidetrack. Yep. He's just so good. And then he gets me excited because then I'm like, I love him. Like, I just think he's such a good actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ocean's 11 is yeah. just top notch. Christopher Nolan. This was hard because of not necessarily his range because you have the... Uh, do you have like so i have memento the dark knight inception interstellar and dunkirk so again he's got a bit of a range like he doesn't have a like he definitely likes a bit of the like memento inception and interstellar all have similar themes as far as like messing with your mind and you're not even you could throw tenet in there where you're not necessarily sure what's going on yes but somehow you're intrigued and you're you're in it but you're not really sure what's even happening and you feel really dumb when you watch his movies oh memento (laughs) memento i honestly genuinely still don't really understand it oh yeah if i watched it again maybe yeah but i watched it a couple years ago for like a film class and i like left the movie and legitimately took out my notebook and started taking notes to try to figure it out because i was just they it is a lot of back and forth and i i like in the ultimate like the ultimate like who done it in that way yeah i I mean they show you what happens but i'm still i'm still confused by that movie (laughs) well that's the same as interstellar right interstellar is a a little more straightforward in the sense of like once it comes together yeah yes they do a really good job of that Dunkirk oh my god what a beautiful movie there's a scene in that movie when they're flying in the air and um the way the sky looks and it is silent like he doesn't have any music or the sound of the plane it is like it's it's so different and out there for a war movie it was fascinating to me what a what a daring choice or what a bold choice because war movies are always like bang 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 and it's noisy and it's loud in your head and I think they're meant to like like you know make you feel like oh my god there's so much going on and this was like dead silent and I was like oh my god I almost think that's worse because it's like the eeriness of it right mm-hmm. that's it was, a good, it's a good was, choice yeah it was really Dunkirk was incredible but I picked Interstellar but I put an asterisk above Dark Knight because I think Again, though, Dark Knight is just such a good movie. But I was like, is that like his best? But then I was thinking Interstellar. I'm thinking you have like space and that space and you have that. Jack's moving my microphone. You have. Telling on me. (laughs) You have like all the space stuff and you have when they land on places with the big wave or you have like it's there's a lot going on. Right. Mm -hmm. What'd you pick? The Dark Knight. Not because it's the best. I also, my thinking of it is you get Heath Ledger and one of the best roles I've ever seen. Ever. I, could really, really hard to top it. Yeah. Uh, also, it's the middle. And I think in most cases, I know we talked about Star Wars last week that we thought Return of the Jedi was the best out of the three, like the three original trilogy. In most cases, I always think the second movie is better and like even you could argue empire strikes back is better than return of the jedi i just think dark knight does such a good job of from batman begins and in the dark knight rises it just is the perfect sweet spot for 
Batman and Christian Bale, obviously yeah. uh, Michael Michael Caine. Yep. Um, and even uh, Gary, I think Gary Oldman plays the. God, he's such a good actor too. Man alive, that. That and that that movie is just really well done, especially for. No, I agree. I had an asterisk above it because I was just like I like I picked Interstellar, but then I was like, oh, that's so hard because Dark Knight would be a consideration for me of a top ten. Like I would have to be like it would you know i would have to write it out especially for a superhero movie and before last year you weren't you didn't watch any of them i had seen dark knight though obviously yeah yeah yeah. i had seen yeah i was not a superhero movie goer like i am now but yeah ooh, dark knight okay so my last one is spike lee uh i spike lee is one of the outside even just outside of movies he directed the commercial with michael jordan that's hilarious and is it the shoes but uh so jungle fever malcolm x inside man which i forgot he did inside man and it is the one where it's a heist and it's clive owen and i think denzel washington it's so well done. I forgot about that movie. And I was like, I loved that movie. Uh, Black Klansman and The Five Bloods that just came out and is nominated for quite a, quite a lot of um, quite a lot of accolades. And it's on Netflix if anyone wants to check that out. But You're right. Denzel and Clive Owen. Yeah. Inside Man. So good. Um, yeah. Uh, so the three I put, I don't know if you, I, I might have just not heard the one. Oh, the okay. one I definitely didn't hear was He Got Game. Yeah, I know. Which but, is yes. Denzel and uh, Ray Allen and the father-son struggled. I just The story I love that came out of that movie is that they have a scene where they play one-on-one, but they didn't tell each other like whether to try or not. Okay. So like Denzel scores the first few times and then Ray Allen gets ma- like not mad, but shows him that he's an NBA player and like right. dominates him for the rest of the game. So that's the movie about uh, he's got to convince his son to go play. I um, remember. I know I've seen it, but I just you know me and my memory. That's yeah, okay. Yeah. Anyways, um, I picked Malcolm X. Uh, the other movie that I didn't know if. Oh, sorry. What, no, no, no. That uh, did you say Black Landsman? I did. I actually have it highlighted here, but now that I'm doing it, I'm like I sh- it like I I think I get confused about signature and what I liked. Like I'm like. Well, I it think it's also was... signature in our opinion. Okay, so then I picked Black Landsman because I just think it was really well done. I uh, loved this movie. So my pick is completely off the board. <gasps> Hit me. Uh, Do the right thing. Oh, I love that movie. Just yeah, the 1984 and uh, actually stars Spike Lee himself again. You get Samuel L. Jackson in, in a really small role. A really good story about race relations mm-hmm. in Brooklyn in this one neighborhood and. It's Italians versus the black people of the community. Uh, there's a great scene about uh, someone stepping on Jordans and they ruin the shoes and they paid $100 for it and it's the end of the world. It's just such a good movie with such a very, uh, for the lightheartedness that you think it is, it's a lot deeper and darker. Right, right. Yeah, no, he's he's an excellent storyteller for sure. Yeah, was Black Klansman last year? Or two years uh, I think ago. it was two years ago now. Wow, time flies, I eh, when you're having fun. Wow. Because <laughs> I think that might have been the year that we were like going, like watching. We went, we went for it. Yeah, watched pretty much, if not everything. Yeah, 
That would have been a good time to have a podcast. I know. We would have, yeah. Would have crushed the 2019 Oscars. We would have. Did we ever talk about that on the podcast yet? What? The like, because we've done like the re Oscarables, but I don't, I think it was 2017. I think we did. Yeah. But that, like 2019, if I'm thinking right, it's the Green, Green Book was the ultimate winner. I think so. Vigo. Listen, I just listened to a podcast with Vigo on Dax. So he was on Dax's Armchair Expert. Vigo was on. He, it might be my the best interview I've ever listened to. He is so fascinating. I love his outlook on life. He's really lived a very eclectic life. Vigo, uh, it was, I highly recommend it. I mean, I recommend Dax all the time because I'm obsessed with his podcast. But this one has something different in it. This one really like spoke to like, it wasn't just like, I grew up here, I did this, I did this. It was very um, like, this is what I learned from this or this is, I don't, I really enjoyed him. I think he's, and I think he's so good at his job. He's so believable because he is, um, he's not out in the public. You don't know a lot about him, right? So when you see Vigo on the screen, he can really capture you, so. Sorry, tangent. No, I, well, that was. We should the, have a little sign that says tangent. <laughs> Here I go. I mean, that was that was the end of the signatures, so it was. So yes. we're good. Uh, any Golden Globe? No, it's just on the Sunday, guys. It is going to be virtual, so and it's Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. It's on at eight o'clock. I don't. They have a red carpet. I'm not entirely sure how they're doing that because it's walking in your home. A red car because it's virtual, but it'll be fascinating and you know what it's something to look forward to um i have to say in all honesty i'm not as caught up as i'd like to be i have a i have a few that i definitely want to try and watch this weekend um but hopefully for when we the oscar nominations come out on i think it's march 5th that doesn't seem right though but anyways it's somewhere i think it's somewhere in that week um which is next week right so we have the golden globes and then we have um Oscars so once I know the Oscars I'm really gonna make sure I'm like really go for it and the SAG Awards aren't till April as well so I feel like we have time to mm-hmm. watch some more and, things it's hard when I'm trying to watch the Marvel movies too yeah you really and I I've been breaking this down for you that the real honestly Infinity War and Endgame we've talked about it here and I've seen them enough that if you watch them without me I'm okay one movie you can't watch without me is Thor Ragnarok I know you were so adamant on it. So I just have Black Panther and then it's Thor. So he's got a whole, like, don't watch it without me. I'm like, okay. I might have steered you in the wrong direction. It might have been right to watch Black Panther before Doctor Strange because it leads right into Thor. Yeah, that's okay. I think I'll be okay. Are you sure? I, I mean, you so. do you do love Black Panther, so. I do love Black Panther. I'm very excited about it. That's what I'll be watching tonight. All right. You ready for our movie challenge? Yeah, I want to pick this time you picked last time. I want number 60. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. And 55. Number 55. That is Guardians of the Galaxy. (laughs) Oh, my God. I literally just watched it last week. Maybe we should pick another one. No? Uh, Yeah. I literally, like, I just watched it, like, five days ago. Okay. Do you want to put it back then? Why? You want to watch it eventually again? Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, sorry. Some of them are stuck together. Okay, number three. Number three. That's really hard to read. And in 
I mean, very ironic that we get this movie in this episode. We're going to be watching The Dark Knight. Oh, fun! I was going to say, as long as it's not Shutter Island, it's the only one on that list that I will not watch again. I refuse to watch it again. So we can look forward to The Dark Knight next Dark week. Dark Knight. I'm excited about that. It's a good one. And and sad. Because Heath. Oh, yeah, I thought I meant the movie. I was like, no, oh, I it's, think it's sad when I see him. And I think, oh, that's the movie that, you know, tipped mm. him over the edge. Mm-hmm. So it's sad. But yeah. yeah, so check out the Golden Globes this week. We'll We'll talk about it next week. Yep. Why are you laughing at me? Just the way you, I know I you just, have to transition from Heath Ledger to Golden Globes, but it just. Well, uh, I didn't want to end on a dark note. Dark night, night note. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to end on a dark note. It's okay. So I was just trying to be like, hey, check out the Golden Globes, everybody. Uh, and if you want to send us some questions, you can DM DM uh, Dion Family Network on Instagram or you can send us an email, uh, Pop Pinions Mailbag at the. I guess the email will be in the description of this podcast. Nice. All right. Oh my God, I would love to hear from people. Yeah, question, Q&A or whatever. Or if you have any ideas for yeah. us of, you know, what you'd like us to talk about, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Casey, got anything else? I got nothing else. All right. And besides that, we'll see you next time. Bye.